Welcome back to the Call Connect podcast. My name is Taylor Hodge, and I'm the host here. And I'm Ed Berengel, the co-host. On this week's episode of the Call Connect, we, we've got some exciting things coming up. But first, I just want to do a quick recap of the past. If you guys have been listening the past three episodes, we talked a little bit about the three portions of our heart here behind the podcast. And if you remember, in order, those are um, first and foremost, we really believe that the the biggest purpose behind this whole thing is to share the gospel. That's really what we want to do here. Mm-hmm. In some way, shape, or form with whatever guest we have on um, we want that to be at the forefront of our of our conversations, of our you know the overall theme of what we're talking about, because that's that's an important part of the ministry here at the Call Church. Yeah. Um, and so that's the first one. The second one is um, we want to encourage others. So whether that's through um, some personal testimonies from people, or just some funny stories, or some just straight up humor, <laughs> we just want you to feel encouraged because this is a hard world to live in, especially if you're a Christian. There's a lot of persecution out there. There's a lot of um, spiritual attacks. I mean, you name it. So we we want this to be some source of encouragement for you throughout the week that you're listening to this. And and third and final, we want you to feel connected. We want you to be connected here with our church, with those who are on staff here at our church, and as well as the key, some of the key volunteers here. And today, speaking of connection, we get the chance to introduce you to the great connector who you see every Sunday morning on stage, Brian Lopez. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. We're excited to have you. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? I'm feeling good. I'm doing good. I'm great. I cleaned up puke today. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Have was, you ever done that, Brian? A few times in my life, Ed. Yeah? <laughs> yes. Was it your own puke or? That and many children's puke for sure. Mm. You know, I, I, there's something I heard that some someone preached something about puking, and then it happened. I, I feel like it happened recently. It did. Yeah, it, my daughter Eden ended up puking on herself after church on Sunday, just just this last week. <laughs> this Sunday? <laughs> yep. Oh, good oh, times. Did she eat something wrong? or? I have no idea. And just threw up? Yep. In the car? I don't know. Rachel actually took care of that one, so mm. yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds like a really stinky situation. Sounds like you got to down your marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Babe, I really need you to clean this up. I have a great wife, I will say that. (laughs) Who is your wife, Brian, for those who don't know? Uh, My wife is Rachel Lopez. Rachel Lopez. Rachel Lopez is also on the worship team. Does a great job. Brian, um, the reason that we have you on this podcast is, well, for a few reasons, but number one, I feel like a lot of people in the church, well, let me rephrase that. I think the entire church knows you from somebody who is on the stage all the time knows you as the lead pastor. But, um, I think not really a lot of those same people know who you are as, as a person at, you know, to your core. Like, I'm just thinking like stuff that you enjoy doing or what you do outside of church, you know, stuff like that. So I wanted to give you the chance to kind of tell us your background, maybe a little bit about what brought you to where you're at today. Um, position wise in the church and as a person, and like your character, how that was developed. So give us a little bit of backstory on who Brian Lopez is. Yeah, well, uh, if you're looking kind of for a testimony component, which it sounds like you're asking is, um, you know, I grew up here in Amador County, so I got a lot of roots here, a lot of history here um, in this area. And um, my parents, uh, from a pretty early age, uh, my my mother came to Christ um, probably when I was in the preschool arena. And so I started going to uh, community Christian school up here in Pine Grove. And through the course of some time there, um, every week we would go through a chapel on every every Wednesday morning. It was the same, usually the same guy speaking, and every week it was kind of the statements of, hey, do you want to go to heaven or you want to go to hell at the end <laughs> of it? And, of course, I was like, I don't want to go to hell. How do I not go to that place? And so uh, they would typically say some type of a prayer to, to invite Jesus Christ into your life and so that you can have the assurance that you're not going to go to hell, you're going to go to heaven. And on one particular uh, chapel, I remember very specifically, I think it was kind of the time when it clicked for me and um, coming to that place where 
the realization that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I understand what he has done for me for the very first time, that I really got it, and it, it sunk in. And, and that was kind of my uh, come-to-Jesus moment, if you will. And mm-hmm. I remember specifically praying, very feeling very real about, hey, I'm understanding this commitment. But, you know, like many people in a Christian life, um, I think uh, you just kind of— it's something that you grew up with, something that you do. And so through high school and junior high, I was a pretty good kid for the most part. But um, I don't know if I would really say I had a strong relationship with the Lord. I went to church every Sunday and we had youth group on Wednesday nights and all those details. So I knew a lot about the Bible, but I don't know if I had a deep relationship with God. And uh, I went to college at Stanislaus State University. And um, while I was there, I started meeting some friends from a multitude of different faith backgrounds, from Muslim to atheist friends to I had a a Buddhist friend and somebody who believed in Taoism, and Mm. um, I had one of my Muslim friends asked me, uh, why are you a Christian? And that question, for whatever reason, stuck with me, and it made me think, the truth is, I was raised a Christian, that's probably why I'm a Christian, but I don't know if this is really, really my my faith at this point in time. And so it set me on a pursuit of just really trying to understand, you know, if I wasn't, didn't grow up in a Christian home, would I be a Christian? And uh, so I said, well, let's imagine I wasn't anything. And thought about, well, if I'm an atheist, would, would I mean, would I be an atheist? And uh, would I be a Muslim? Would I be a Jehovah Witness? Would I be a Mormon? And all of these different kind of faiths that I, th- I thought, I'm going to investigate those and see, is Christianity really real? And at the end of the day, you know, obviously with, uh, with atheism, I felt I do believe in an intelligent creator, a designer that put this together. I just don't believe that there's no, there's just no way to me that this is just some accident. And so somehow there must be a God. And then through the process of all of that, I came to this place of realizing, you know what? Christianity, every other religion is man's best effort to get to God. And Christianity is the only religion in which God said, man is so desperately in need of me, I will go to him. And it just clicked for the very first time. And mm. so mm. that was kind of this moment of, uh, if you will, kind of this second renewal in my life that Jesus was not just my Savior, but now he's going to be my Lord. And um, and that's really kind of where the ministry process started for me. So I started small groups on our campuses at, at Stanislaus State. I got very heavily involved. I spent a summer talking to a guy about, hey, disciple me, because I know a bunch of stories, but I don't know how to develop a relationship with God. And he's just said, well, do you read your Bible? And I said, well, yeah, of course, Sunday mornings, like everybody else reads their Bible. And do you pray? I said, well, of course, before dinner, don't you, you know, type of a thing. And he began to pour into my life and just teach me how to study and how to read and how to journal, uh, how to pray and really how to talk to God. And through that process, I would say that I really had a heart for the Lord. And uh, in, in about a year's time, I sensed God was calling me into ministry. And so Rich and I got married at that time. Um, we ended up uh, moving up to Red Buff, Bluff, California, where everybody uh, oh, wants to go—the hot destination point <laughs> oh, yeah. of California, the armpit of California. So, <laughs> but uh, so we were up there for a couple of years, and then bounced around from several ministries in Sacramento, and we're here at the Call when it was Calvary Chapel of Amador for uh, a couple of years in that time too. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of my call to to ministry there. Awesome. That's great, great. You know, I really like the section where you talked about understanding why you believe what you believe. And it was cool how you had all different friends. Um, I remember in college, um, I went to Humboldt State College, and uh, I had a few friends that were, you know, of Muslim faith. Um, you know, some were just kind of <laughs> kind of the hippie, <laughs> you know, good, good energy, good vibe, right? Um, but it's interesting you said that because we're going through a series right now with the youth, and I was sharing this with you, Brian, but it's just cool to hear it in your story of why you believe what you believe. And I guess maybe if you could speak to maybe some of the parents out there for, for the youth, uh, for me, in, in maybe why you think that's important, um, instead of just, like you said, growing up and going to church, going to youth group, because um, I got students that go to youth group here but what could we say to the parents of you know why it's important and even for students out there if you're listening to this podcast why it's important to understand why you believe what you believe yeah well i think at the core it's it's the very issue of what creates it you know again my story was i i just kind of did everything because i had always done that and now coming to that place of like what you're talking about ed of really understanding, I guess, the purpose behind that. And it, it changes everything. So I think for a young person today, uh, I'm gl- so glad to hear that 
your investment is to try and teach them not just what we should believe and what the Bible is, but why we believe that we can have a confidence in God and his word and truth there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, because I think it changes everything. Um, it, it, I, I guess the biggest issue would be for me is it changes us from just going through the motions and doing the routine mm-hmm. to really be able to say, I'm confident in this. And I know that it's not just about going to church, about reading my Bible. I'm in this process of developing a relationship with God at the very core of everything that he's got a purpose and a plan for my life. Uh, not just that one day when I die, I'm going to go to heaven, but there's a purpose for and a plan for my life right now as to what is it that you want me to do? And I think when we understand, Hey, why do I have this relationship with God? It, it changes every little detail that we do. So I hope that answers that question a little bit. Yeah, it does. It's just cool to hear that that was part of your story. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that, you know, our listeners and you know even students that might, might be, you know, listening in just saying, Oh, you know what? Let me check myself here. Why do I believe what I believe here? Yeah. Why do I go to youth group? Right. <laughs> so yeah. thanks for sharing that. I think that's, that's a powerful uh, part of your testimony. Yeah. I want to ask you about your family a little bit here. Give us the rundown. What, I mean, how many how many family members are you? Well, there's a few of us. That's so, what I uh, hear. <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously, uh, we talked about earlier my wife Rachel. Um, and she's amazing. We've been married for 22 years now. Uh, so we have a great relationship and dated for almost seven before that. So we've got a lot of history and a lot of life together. Uh, our oldest son Jaden is 18. He just headed off to William Jessup University. We're excited about nice. that. He's doing it, mm-hmm. uh, majoring in music over there. Um, and then we have two daughters, Kaylin and Ireland, who are both in high school right now at Amador. And then uh, we have our youngest son and youngest daughter, Harrison and Eden, who are both at uh, Pine Grove Elementary. So our lives are pretty busy and um, always uh, there's always something going on. So yeah. they're, they're a good uh, good group of kids. Yeah, I was going to, how is that with five kids? Is that, well, I know your answer is probably not going to be, that's easy. You know, how is that for you guys? Yeah. So there are definitely moments there. There's, there, well, I'll say this. There's never a dull moment. That's what I will say. So uh, my kids, uh, most of them like singing. I tend to like quiet. So uh, you can imagine how that works. I, I never win in that uh, uh, di- dynamic there. But uh, um, we've got a great family dynamic. Rachel, my wife, came from a pretty large family. I came from just my sister and I. So having uh, having the dynamics of five kids is definitely something unique for me. And, yeah. um, and there's a lot of noise going on, a lot of food being eaten in our house, so mm. and a lot of money mm. for that food. So, But uh, anyway, <laughs> they are they're great. So it's a, it's a good season of life for us and our family dynamics. Cool. Yeah. I'm also a family of seven or come from a family of seven. Um, I know growing up we tried to, it didn't always work every week, but at least once a week we tried to have some sort of family night together, whether that's eating dinner together or I don't know, playing some games. Usually that ended up in fights between my siblings and I, because one of us would lose. But do you guys have anything like that? Yeah, we actually have never had a fight in our household, so it's wow. pretty amazing. That's why you're a pastor. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Not at all. I meant this week. So, uh, <laughs> no, um, you know, we we don't necessarily have anything uh, on schedule that we end up having a, a dinner like, but, but we have many nights that we as a family are home already, so we take advantage of that multiple times. Uh, we do spend a lot of, you know, not a lot of evenings, but we'll have a, a game night or something along those lines where we were intentional about that. We One of the things that we do probably unique uh, to our family, I didn't have a whole lot of this growing up and don't know a ton of people that do that, but we, we have a little devotional time as a family every uh, school morning, uh, Monday through Friday, where we gather together for about 10, 15 minutes, spend some time talking about God's word and mm-hmm. praying together and praying for their for them and their day. So, uh, that's, uh, usually pretty good on occasion. It's it can be a rough morning and, uh, teeth aren't brushed and everything else, but, uh, you know how that goes. So, uh, most of the time it's fantastic. Jaden, why don't you go ahead and answer that question? <laughs> Actually, never mind. Yeah. You haven't brushed your teeth yet. Yeah. Don't worry about yeah. brushing your teeth before you go to school. Just read your Bible. Okay. That's right. yeah. <laughs> Jesus will take care of that for you. <laughs> that's awesome that you guys do that as a family. And I want to ask, and hopefully it's okay to ask this question, but so obviously you're our lead pastor here at the Cult yeah. Church. I think if we're not careful, we can project an image on lead pastors that they've got it all together and their kids are all perfect because, you know, because of your role and and sure you you can expect that from them, um, just like any good parent would, right? Yeah. But so in regards to your comment about how you guys do a family devotional, which I think is amazing that you do that, um, 
how in all reality, just for those who are listening, because maybe I'm thinking like maybe there's some parents out there right now who are listening and say, man, I really want to do that with my kids. But maybe there's a fear of, I don't know, like a lack of participation or a lack of possible depth that they wanted to see out of that. That was just all real surface level stuff. And sure. Um, so can you kind of walk us through on a, on a real in a real raw sense of how does that go for you guys? Yeah. Well, I will definitely say we started doing that probably six, seven years ago as a family. And uh, in the early stages, obviously our kids were much younger at that time. So that makes it more complex to have a lot of depth, like what you're talking yeah. about. Um, reality speaking for me is, you know, I look at it kind of like um, a meal and that daily we eat food and uh, we take in calories for the health of our body. And for the most part, we don't maybe remember, probably most of us, what we ate yesterday or last week, and yet all of those things have sustained us. And I, I look at spending time with God uh, as a family kind of the same way, that mm. I can't look back on some specific morning, even this last week, and go, wow, this was powerful, and this was an amazing <laughs> moment. And truth be told, we don't have a lot of those. As a matter of fact, there's probably more moments of, I'm tired, do we have to do this? Then, <laughs> yeah, let's do this together. Mm. And initially speaking, there were a lot of times where it was just challenging for the kids to understand what was even going on. And so, um, so yeah, is it always perfect? Absolutely not. We're, we're a very human family. Um, mm -hmm. we've, we've got all the same struggles and challenges of attitudes and moments of the kids fighting with one another and having a difficult time and just, um, maybe even having a de bad day. But I think one of the things that I'm hopeful is that we are laying just the foundation that will last yeah. them for the rest of their lives. But even as you're speaking of that too, Taylor, of just, are there moments where, um, you know, the kids don't speak or, they're not getting it or yeah, we've got those all the time and uh, just kind of come into those places where, Hey, you know, sooner or later we're hoping again, I guess my heartbeat with it is I want to do my part. What my kids do with that in the end is going to be their responsibility, but I just right. want to be able to say, Hey God, I gave the best chance for them to, to know you and to follow you. And we kind of laid a foundation for them at, at, at an early start for, for what it means to follow you and have a relationship with you. So, but it is certainly not perfect. I will <laughs> say that. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. What, what advice would you have for parents out there who are really, I mean, really at, at the core of who they are really desperately want to do this with their kids, but just can't quite get there. Yeah. I would say strive, you know, just the, the, the vantage point for me is, Make it a priority. And there's going to be days that you're going to miss. There's going to be days. There's days that we still struggle and miss that just something doesn't fall quite right. Um, but I think it's just like anything else, kind of like working out, right? When you first start working out, who wants to go down there and do that? I don't, you know. And yet as by about week three or so, four, kind of the soreness is gone. The reality of starting something new is, is kind of behind you at that point in time. And it starts to become a routine. And, mm. and I think that's that place to get to. And, and I would say the same is true in our own personal relationship with God. It's the same type of thing, right? It's creating that habit that this is a high priority and, and realize there's going to be days that even like for us, you know, we sit down, read the Bible, spend time praying to God, and that's where you're at. It feels pretty distant in that moment, yeah. but that doesn't mean I'm going to give up and not do it. It just means, okay, next day I'm going to try again and say, God, speak to me. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm yours. So, um, so yeah, just uh, that perseverance and, and trying and realize it's not going to be perfect, but uh, I think in the long run, it's definitely going to be worth it. Yeah. And then my final question um, in that regard is, uh, so for those parents, you know, you, you already gave them the advice on just, just start doing it. Yeah. You just got to start. You have to start somewhere just like with pretty much anything else in life. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. if you want to start playing guitar, well, you're, you're just going to have to start, yeah. you know, and you kind of learn along the way. But yeah. my last question, um, with that is, is there a book in the Bible that you would say, hey, start here. Maybe this is the best place for that as yeah. a family. Or? Yeah, no, that's a great question. For us, where it really started was we started walking through the book of Proverbs together as a family. Um, and I actually, how it all began was I was driving my son and daughter to school when they were, I think he was fourth grade at that time. Mm. And um, just said, hey, I've got a half an hour drive because where we were living at the time in Placerville, we had a half an hour drive to their school. And I thought, I want to make the most of this. And so I would actually have him read um, so it got him reading too a little bit. Um, and then uh, we would pick just one verse out of Proverbs for the day. And usually we'd just find one that, I, and I'd tell him, hey, 
tell me when something sticks out to you that you really enjoy and uh, you mm-hmm. want to talk about. And so we'd read and then all of a sudden he'd hit something, you know, and then we would just begin to dialogue about it. Or then I would hit something that I really wanted to teach him that day. And, you know, for instance, I, I think of uh, Proverbs chapter six, it talks about going to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It mm-hmm. has no overseer commander, yet it stores its provisions. And, you know, all this dynamic of hard work. And so we would talk about that on the way to school. So Proverbs is just filled with its wisdom literature. So yeah. we would just focus in on one verse for the day, talk about a key thought and then say, now, how can you apply that to your life? And I'm amazed even with Jaden now today, he'll, he'll spit out Proverbs that we talked about, you know, seven, eight years ago. Uh, and he, he knows them in his, in his mind and he remembers them. You know, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. He'll, he'll just be able to quote him off that mm. it's, it's saturated into his life now. So that's pretty that's awesome. Great. That's yeah. Quick cool. plug there too. Speaking of Proverbs, uh, if you've been with us, we, just wrapped up not too long ago a series in Proverbs with some great life lessons in there, some great principles. So check out our website for that. What are some things that you do personally, aside from church, aside from ministry, what do you do for fun? So as you know, Taylor, I love backpacking in frigid (laughs) cold weather. (laughs) Really? Tell us about that, Brian. Uh, I laugh, but uh, obviously we went on a backpacking trip that was not... uh, not the warmest by any means, but it, sucked. Uh, <laughs> it really did. Suck. It was really, really cold and windy, but it was a good time. Hammocks. One for the memory books. Uh, so. yeah. <laughs> but in reality, I do like just outdoor stuff. I, I really do enjoy fishing. I used to do that with my father a lot growing up. And then, um, you know, with five kids, as many people have have children and who our parents know that you kind of lose yourself in your kids for a season. And we've got two of them in soccer, one in basketball right now. And so a lot of our lives tend to revolve around our kids. But for me, I, I have a little aluminum boat. I like to go fishing, spend some time out in God's creation and just uh, enjoying nature and uh, hopefully catching some fish. So that's that's a big highlight for me. Just by chance, um, did you go today? I did go today. <laughs> <laughs> did you catch anything? I did. I ended up catching nine nine trout i Sweet. released five of them so just to be clear i was gonna so. say maybe we have some wardens listening to this <laughs> wow nine no, trout. We, uh, it was a it was a good morning so those are the those are the fun days but even when i'm not catching anything yeah. just being out in in uh, in nature is enjoyable for me i used to play quite a bit of basketball most sports stuff i enjoy doing um but uh but yeah, fishing right now seems to be kind of my little hobby of of interest so are yeah. you the kind of person that you know, has a hobby for a little bit and then I don't know if maybe get gets bored with that is the right way to put it, but gets bored, moves on to another one. Yeah. Or do you, you stick with one? I'm for- a little obsessive compulsive. So when I get on something, my mind doesn't release from that very much. So I used to be very um, into golfing and I was not very good at golfing. So, um, but I would think about it. I, I kind of have an obsessive compulsive personality that obsesses about things until I can do it right. So, um, so um, with fishing right now, that's kind of where I'm that's locked where you're in. At, huh? Yeah, it right. just, uh, so, hey, that's good. Yeah, consistency but, uh, there. Yeah, it's it it is good. So that's what you yeah. need when you're fishing, right? That's oh, yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> but Brian, it, it seems like you have the magic touch with fishing right now. I mean, the last couple times I talked to you, I mean, I forget if you were at Silver or something. You caught eleven fish, and then now, and then when we went backpacking with you, like you're the only one that caught the fish. And then now you're here reporting you caught nine fish and again, put some back. So, um, again, being clear with that. What is the magic touch, man? You got to let us know. Well, it's called G- Safeway, the fish <laughs> section. He just buys them. Okay. Well, Jesus told me to put my nets on the other side <laughs> oh, of the boat. Oh, man. <laughs> no. I don't know, Ed, to be honest. I, I, truth be told is I'm looking at lakes that have been planted recently so i'm not that great of a fisherman but uh, i do have a good time with that so so brian this is the point in our podcast where we give you the opportunity to brag about your wife yes so tell us a little bit about rachel yeah so i met rachel in uh met her in sixth grade we went to school together in seventh grade and then we kind of officially started dating our freshman year in high school and um she is great. She, uh, she really is the love of my life. And I know I joke about this at church a lot. So people who come here know, but I, I say often, I don't know what kind of sins she committed in junior high, but <laughs> God cursed her with me. So, but I'm okay with that. Cause I, I got the better end of the deal on this whole thing, but, um, yeah, she is great. And, uh, just 
my wife is just a great encourager um, for me personally, but just a lover of people and um, just really um, could not have married somebody who would be a better pastor's wife, in my opinion. Mm. She just loves and cares for people. And it's been a great journey that we've been on. And it hasn't always been easy. There's been some challenges, some ups and downs throughout the course of that um, in uh, in ministry. Um, but she has always been a support and uh, been by my been by my side um, mm. through it all. So she's an amazing wife, very amazing lady. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that that term, pastor's wife. A lot of people don't know what that means. Yeah, but it's a it's a big role. Yeah, it's a hard role, and it's you know it's I I just think of my wife, and sometimes I I I mean whatever I have a bad day at work or maybe some there's some hard conversations that I have had or that I need to have, or I mean, fill in the blank there. But I guess just because of the role that we have as, as pastors, it, it it makes it hard to deal with that because it is such a personal ministry. Yeah. And I, I think, um, well, praise be to God for giving us wives who are very capable of filling the, Mm -hmm. filling the shoes of being a pastor's wife. But it's easy to, I guess what I'm trying to say for me, I, I can't speak for you guys, but for me, it's really easy to bottle that stuff up, like bottle those emotions up when, when ministry is hard, when work is hard, when, um, when doing the Lord's work is hard, because in all honesty, it's not easy. I don't think it's ever easy. You know, there's good times and healthy times, but it's a hard, it's a hard role being mm-hmm. a pastor. Yeah. And anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, I'm so thankful for my wife as well, just hearing you talk about Rachel. And there's times where I can remember where I've I've come home from work and just been so emotionally exhausted and and if I'm being totally transparent, so discouraged sometimes and God just it's like every time God just plants a seed in my wife Natalia's heart just to say, Hey, just ask him. Just ask him about his day. Probe a little bit more, you know. Yeah. And then sure enough I start spilling my guts about um my feelings and you know stuff that I'm struggling with and but anyway it's it's a hard position to be to be in that pastor's wife role so what about Rachel makes you say that what what about her response to your ministry makes you makes you think that she's such a great pastor's wife yeah and I would agree with you I you know I I kind of believe that being a pastor's wife is harder than being a pastor um Mm. and part of the reason I say that is because uh, you know, at least in our relationship, I use Rachel as a sounding board a lot of times, yeah. and I can express that to her, but the reality is over things within the framework of the church, there's not really always an outlet for her to go to in communicating things that may she may be struggling with. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she has a great balance of that um, in just trying to navigate through a, a healthy position of um, you know, how to deal with things appropriately. But um, I would say what probably makes her, in my opinion, a great pastor's wife is just her ability, she, Rachel has a way of welcoming people. I've learned a lot in the course of my dating relationship and my marriage with her about engaging with people. Um, my wife is a very touchy-feely personality, and uh, so she'll um, wrap her arms around somebody where <laughs> I did not grow up that way at all. Um, so for me, uh, hugging my kids can be a challenge. And no, it's not that bad. But uh, <laughs> um, but the reality is my wife is is very, uh, makes I think she makes people feel welcome and included just by the way she engages with people. And just watching her do that, uh, I think, has been a huge blessing for me personally, to, that she has a warmth at times that probably I don't possess. Um, and just her care for her genuine care for people. She just really has a genuine love to to, to minister to people, to know what's mm-hmm. going on in their life. And sometimes, you know, obviously we know this, that at times that can be overwhelming when you go through seasons where it seems like there's a lot of people struggling with a lot of details going on. But, um, but for her, um, she, she genuinely has a heart to just care for people and minister to people, um, in the season that they're in and, and, and to express a genuine concern and compassion for them. So, mm. um, I mean, I, 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 truthfully, I can go on and on about my wife, Taylor and Ed, but, uh, and I'm sure you guys could do with your wives as well, but, um, I just really do feel fortunate and, I, and almost those moments where, you know, God made Eve for Adam. I feel so strategically that God made me for Rachel and Rachel for me and the roles that we're in and just for us as a couple, I'm, I am blessed beyond belief. So, mm. yeah, I got to hand it to our wives. You know, it's, they almost have our role, but doubled. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they have to, 
in a sense, pastor people, right? Yeah. And like what you were saying about Rachel, welcome people, love people, care for them. That's what that's what we do. That's what yeah. we're called to mm-hmm. do. And and on top of that, they also have to care for our sorry butts when we get all yeah. discouraged and mm-hmm. you know, and it it really is double the role there. Yeah. 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 And my wife reminds me that and also pastoring the kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on top of it all, right? So I can agree with you guys more. I definitely feel blessed to have the wives we have um, and the support we have. And, you know, Brian, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, you sharing how Rachel supports you so much and everything. And um, I think the other thing about you being the lead pastor um, is sometimes you're up there and Rachel's not up there. Yeah. And so people don't really understand maybe kind of even just how your marriage is. And yeah. so I guess a, a question that came to my mind was like, what, what strengthens your guys' marriage then? Yeah, that's a great question, Ed. So um, I feel pretty fortunate that we have had, um, w- w- I'm kind of bumbling over my so words. So basically what he's saying is they have serious marriage problems. Right? Yeah, guys, it just came out right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're great. Uh-huh. Like, and I we're thought great. you were going to say on. something funny, not, not serious. No. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> how's your marriage? How's, how's that going? Yeah. So what I would say about Rachel and I is I really did get, get the opportunity to marry my closest friend. There's nobody on the planet I would rather be with in, in time um, spent alone and, and together with her. Um, uh, we enjoy one another quite a bit. With that in mind, I mean, we have a lot of fun together. We joke around with one another. We um, it's not uncommon to find ourselves trying to hide behind a door and frighten each other to where the other one's screaming and just messing around. So we kind of keep in the relationship, uh, you know, fresh, if you will, in the spicy. standpoint. Spicy. <laughs> That's right. So um, so we enjoy that type of stuff, goofing around with one another. Um, we can be a little bit sarcastic, you know, respectfully sarcastic, but uh, in a loving manner. Um, one of the things that was really important for us, and I would say Rachel did a far better job about uh, making this a priority, but um, especially when our kids were younger, um, just finding time to have what most people would call just a date night, right? Mm -hmm. Is not losing that idea of dating your mate. And uh, so she was really good about finding babysitters when our kids were young. We're now at a stage where we can just leave the kids at home because they're old enough for that. But um, at that stage of life, just to say, hey, we're going to, even if it's just for an hour and a half to go grab dinner and just to get away, or that might be a walk around the park, you know, the block or whatever that may be, Mm -hmm. um, just finding time to find solitude of being alone. Um, Even for, for us, we didn't do this very well initially, but we have strategically tried to take vacations just with her and I over the Mm -hmm. course of the last several years now, um, which has been really, really healthy, I think, for us as a married couple, but also kind of giving some space with the dynamics of our kids. I know not everybody may uphold to that, but um, just coming to that place where we need just some alone time where we can connect without, again, five children. uh, It can be a lot trying to manage that. And so somebody's always got a need for something. But to get away even for a couple of days, whether that's to go to Carmel or just a trip someplace to go, we're going to have some alone time, just uh, reconnecting and rekindling our love for one another. That's awesome. I I love how you guys just keep it light and fun. You know, picture you guys hiding around the corner scaring each other. That's just hilarious. And and then I just love just the uh, simplicity of just, you know, really carving out that time for one another away from the kids. Right. And and just that identity together. That's that's awesome here, man. For our listeners there, in regards to what you just said, Ed, that part that stood out to me as well, Brian, where you where you said it's important for you guys to carve out time for each other. I agree wholeheartedly with that. However, especially with five kids, that cannot be an easy thing to do. Yeah. I get maybe season of life. Yeah. You know, that, that'll that'll change as kids get older. And, you know, like Jaden, for instance, he's out of the house now. Yeah. So there's a little bit more time there, right? But for those who are listening who who desperately need that as a married couple and they just can't. Yeah. Please give them some encouragement or something. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we ended up doing uh, pretty early on when our kids were really young was fortunately for us, we had three other couples uh, that we had in our church. Um, and we ended up doing a rotation, a weekly rotation. Mm-hmm. It was usually on a Friday night. And so we would take all the kids over to somebody's house 
and they'd have all the kids while three couples went out and had a date night, and then that would rotate. Now, I will say this, when it became our turn for watching all these kids, and there was was probably about uh, 15 of them, uh, I tried to run away and let Rachel deal with it. No, I I wouldn't do that, but uh, it became a a difficult evening. But again, the sacrifices that you make there in order for three other nights to be able to, to spend time with one another. And again, it may not be a weekly thing. Sometimes... The reality is, and it doesn't always have to be a costly thing either. I know sometimes that becomes a, ah, we just don't have the finances to do that. It may just be, hey, we're going to go take a walk around the lake or whatever that may be that costs very little, but is still strategic time with one another. And so, um, and truth be told, it could just be even at the home, right? Of Mm -hmm. just, hey, we're going to put the kids down at this point in time and just engage in a conversation and getting to know one another and asking some, I think being strategic and asking questions, you really, that desire of, I want to get to know my spouse on a deeper level than what I know them now. And mm-hmm. I think never letting that go because there's always things about Rachel that I'm discovering that oh, I, I appreciate that even more about her that I didn't know that before. And uh, hopefully she could say the same about me. I don't know if she would, but <laughs> um, just those dynamics of even in the small ways, being intentional with time to say, this is a priority for our home. And the best, I, I do believe this, that the best thing that we can do for our kids is have a great marriage as a husband and wife. And that mm. has a trickle-down effect to our children. So yeah. I know it seems like, uh, can I pull myself away? But um, I think those moments to just say, yeah, this is going to be the best thing for my children in the long run, that we have a healthy healthy marriage here too. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice, Brian. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and I, I want to say too, especially for, Ed, you're a little, you guys are a little bit farther along than Natalia and I as, as far as like, season of life in, in kids, right? Mm-hmm. You're a kid ahead of us. and But if you're not in a position, whether financially or in regards to time, where you can carve out a night date or something with your spouse, um, it, it doesn't have to be some fancy, you know, all get all prettied up type of thing yep. and go have a nice dinner, see a movie. It doesn't have to be that. It's not about what you do. It's It's what you choose to um, the moment that you choose to be in and how intentional you want to be with your spouse. And, and uh, anyway, so I guess what I'm saying is if you guys are in that spot and you're saying, well, yeah, obviously I would love to do those things, but I, I just can't financially or fill in the blank, you know, fill in your excuse there. I've got many excuses, but it doesn't have to be that. And again, like Brian said, when you put your kids down, if you have some younger kids, put them down for bed Make the sacrifice instead of going to bed and getting some rest. Stay up with your spouse for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Play a card game. Absolutely. Tell some jokes. Yep. You know, yeah. I don't really recommend watching a show or a movie yeah. together because that's not really the whole, the the point behind that quality time, right? Although I will say my wife and I love watching TV shows and series together. So that I'm not saying don't do that at all. But in regards to spending time with each other, um, actually do that. Have a conversation. Mm. Yeah. That's a very, very big part of a healthy marriage. Yep. Right, yeah. I mean, that's kind of where Lene and I are at right now with young ones and third one on the way. And our our uh, date nights are after the kids go to bed. Yep. And we, you know, we'll stay up and uh, we like to watch red boxes. I mean, that's our that's our budget right there. And, and then we, uh, after that, you know, oftentimes get into a little deeper conversation and it's it's worth staying up late and getting up and being a little tired, but... I get to know my wife a little bit more, but um, I'm definitely going to take your tip though, Brian, on that whole, like, uh, you know, finding other couples and then doing this rotation thing. I thought, Hey, that is busy. Taylor. (laughs) I'm busy too, Ed. (laughs) Brian Lopez. Come on guys. That's right. I'm, I'm finding some other couples too. So if you're out there, you know who I'm talking about. Uh There you go. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about maybe some areas that I want to be careful how I say this, maybe some areas that you need prayer for, not necessarily like, hey, I need to go meet up with somebody and have a conversation about this, but you're just saying like, this is an opportunity for, here's the deal. If you guys are listening right now, I want you to know it's important to pray for your pastor. Mm-hmm. They are spiritually attacked constantly because of the work that they're doing. And the enemy is going to do everything that he possibly can to get Brian from delivering a confusing message to not making sense on Sundays, um, although we are blessed in the in the sense that he he does a great job at that every week. But 
that's not to say it's not a battle for him. It, it happens constantly every week, even throughout the week too, apart from Sundays. But um, if you want to share a little bit about maybe some areas that you're struggling in or some areas that you need prayer in. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think Taylor, I have no problems talking about that stuff. I, I desire, I think one of the um, kind of the heartbeat and passion, even at the call church. And I know for me personally, is just a level of transparency mm-hmm. that we are human beings. I never want to put off this idea that, you know, I don't have challenges or struggles or that I'm, I've got it all together because I certainly do not. And I hope that we portray that here at the call church. I think we do with our staff and our leaders and we, it's about being real too. Right. Um, uh, I would say in, in some specifics for me is, uh, <clears throat> I think, uh, the dynamics of at times, and I've, I've shared this even, uh, to our congregation is just the idea that discouragement is something that I feel like I've battled for uh, probably most of my ministry career. And I think that there's a, an, a component to this that is definitely a spiritual battle that's going on, like you were talking about previously. Um, and so I think being prepared for that and being ready, uh, being equipped of, as Ephesians 6 talks about with the armor of God. Um, but I think also from the standpoint of people praying for that as well would be a huge benefit um, from that from that aspect of just uh, being, I guess, being more self-awareness in, in regards to that, too, as to why that's there and, and understanding that and how to deal with that appropriately. Um, because I, I do feel that if I'm discouraged, that has a trickle-down effect to, one, my wife, to my children, uh, in the role here as a leader in the church, to those here at, in this congregation. And and that's not to say that I don't want to ever be real, that there are discouraging yeah. things that happen. But I do believe that, man, God has given us so much that we can be encouraged by rather than, you know, kind of nitpicking on stuff that yeah. is really not the, a big deal that can get us down mm. quickly and easily. So mm. I would say if people can pray for that, I would say the other portion of it is I think sometimes as a pastor, people think that, oh, yeah, you know, you just get the opportunity to sit around at church all day and pray and read your Bible. It must be nice. you know. So the truth of the matter is that's not really how it works. And so I would, I would say this idea of having a, um, uh, an understanding that uh, for people to pray for a depth in my relationship with the Lord, um, that there would be components to where God is really speaking clearly to me that my heart is softened to him and humbled. I had an experience uh, years ago on a trip that Rachel and I were on, and uh, it was when the big earthquake in Haiti happened. Mm -hmm. And there was a a dynamic where we were on a, we were actually on a cruise ship and there was about 20 Haitians who were there that didn't know the details of um, what was going on with their family. And they had heard that there was a pastor on the cruise. And so we all went up to the top level to this chapel and we were praying for all these people and this guy came up to me and he says, I need you to pray for me and I need you to pray for my family. And his, his words just rung to me. It's something I'll never forget. He's, and I said, why do you need me to pray so desperately for you? Because he was kind of frantic about it. He goes, because you are a man of God. Mm. And it was just this weird moment of, I don't, I'll be honest with you guys, I don't feel like a man of God. I feel just like everybody else and and this dynamic of kind of, at times struggling through life just to say, God, speak to me clearly. And I'm certainly no Moses. I'm no Elijah. I'm no David. Um, uh, I desire to be that. And I think um, just with your question is that um, that I would there would be a closeness with the Lord and a, a relationship with God that would fuel everything that I do and that he would be the priority of, of every thought, every attitude, every conversation. And, uh, and I've got a long ways to go to get there, mm-hmm. Taylor. So, yeah. But thanks for asking. I, yeah. I would greatly appreciate prayer in both of those arenas. Also, just praying again, um, you know, for those, those battles with discouragement and then, um, and staying encouraged, right? Yeah. Um, so in your role that has such an impact, um, first and foremost in your marriage and then your family and then, you know, into the church and then praying, like you said, just to be really close and filled up with God because, you never know when you're going to have that, you know, Haiti moment again, right? Is yeah. in, in a sense is we're saying like God's, God's called us to something, yeah. right? And we got to be ready um, for him for yeah. that. So yeah. yeah, for sure. I'll be praying brother. And I know we'll yeah, be praying. Yeah. yeah. And I would say just as an, even as talking about the discouragement component, um, I, I think when we are in the place and this, where we need to be in our relationship with God, as Henry Blackaby said, he said so well that when our relationship with God's not right, nothing else is right. And that 
that is the primary thing in our lives. And so I, I think more than anything else, just pray that there would be a closeness, a constant humility before the Lord and and just a, a, I guess, a hunger for him too, that mm -hmm. it gets easy to just get, like for all of us, right? We just get into kind of cruise control mode spiritually and uh, versus those moments where, man, it's, I'm just hungering and I'm thirsting for a mm -hmm. relationship with God and I, I can't wait till I get to go and meet with him and experience him in my life. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, Brian, I'm just going to encourage you here, man. You you are a man of God, okay? <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> a short man of God, but yes. <laughs> I had to get that in there. Yeah, I am a short man. You're right. <laughs> Who's taller? Ed, are you shorter than Brian? I spike my hair. <laughs> uh, so, oh, yes. <laughs> I don't have any hairs. So. <laughs> Wait, but who is taller? I uh, think I've got it a little bit. Oh, got I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll do a measurement at church, guys. Here's the real question. Who's stronger? Probably Ed. Ooh. Give him that. Well, he, he's a better fisherman. Mm. <laughs> yep. mm. I think I'm probably stronger. Oh, I'm, I'm that's just kidding. kidding. <laughs> I have medical issues. I'm not allowed to lift weights. <laughs> <laughs> but man, you can sure hike. I'll tell you that much, bud. What do you mean? You, on our hike, I was like, this is a guy with medical issues. And man, Brian and I were like chasing after you, man. Oh. Yeah, you were moving. Yeah. Really? I know you were cold, but you were moving. That's probably what. Was I really? <laughs> yeah, Daddy long legs. Yeah, there you sorry. go. Yeah. yeah. You got two four foot six guys trying to chase down <laughs> a six foot one guy. <laughs> Freezing cold. Oh, that's yeah. funny. I didn't even realize I was. Yeah, yeah I was. It was probably because I was cold, especially coming back down. That yeah. was. I I mean, I honestly couldn't feel my face. Yeah. There was a point I turned around. I was in front. I turned around, Ed. You were behind me. <laughs> and you're like, dude, your nose is so red. Yes, and your ears. And my yes. ears, well, I, I was a little underprepared. Well, I shouldn't say that. I was forgetful. I forgot to pack a jacket, so all I had was a hat and a flannel with a T-shirt underneath, and it was like, <laughs> might as well have been 12 degrees with yeah. Tank top. 400 mile an hour winds. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's funny. Yeah. And for those of you who didn't catch it, we, we went on a hiking trip. But yeah, we did. Yeah. And uh, it was a mistake. Yeah, it was Brian's idea. <laughs> it was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it, relationally, it was a great time for us to get together. You know, as as the pastors here at the Call Church, I think it's really important for us to have those moments where together is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. let's get away together for just even if it's just a day, and mm -hmm. just bond. You know, yeah, yep. just freeze. That that part of it was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, the freezing part was not fun. <laughs> we 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 slept in hammocks. That was Taylor's idea. Yeah, these re they're really cool, you guys. Eno hammocks. So if you guys, uh, Eno, if you want to sponsor us, feel free. Um, <laughs> Eno hammocks. You can get them at REI. I'm just kidding, but really, uh, we slept in those. They're they're not really insulated. They're kind of like this vinyl thing. But so if you don't have a thermal pad underneath them, you feel every bit of wind. So we had those. We thought would be good. I was like, yeah, guys, these hammocks are great. They're really comfy, which they are, and they're mm. really warm too. And little did I know we were going to have these crazy winds that we might as well have been just sleeping on the ground. It's like 60-plus mile-per-hour winds. Oh, yeah, it was brutal. Oh, my gosh. So we, they, we were, you know, blowing all over in the wind, swinging all over the place. And I guess you two were bumping into each just other. clonking we were. <laughs> Oh, yeah. gosh. See, yeah. I thought I was smart and going a little bit farther away from you, but I think I took most of that blow from the wind. You may have. Yeah. Which was fine with me. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, it was. Because yeah. you were in the middle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> blows into Brian, blows to me, uh, into me. There you go. Yeah, I didn't. think uh, I, I'm betting I had about 20 minutes of sleep that night. That's yeah, about I, all I, I was got. just going to say, I think that's probably all I got. No yeah, joke. That Guys, miserable. that's 20 together, not yeah. solo. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> know what would have been better. Like having the 20 minutes from start to finish, you know, a, just a solid stretch of 20 minutes of sleep. Or how it was for me. I don't know how it was for you, but it was very spaced out for yeah. me. It was like a minute here, doze off here, a couple yeah. minutes, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was brutal. Mm -hmm. That was a mountaintop experience, man. Yes, yes it, it was. was. <laughs> we met the Lord. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Speaking of that, I know it's kind of like funny analogy, but I know you gave an example even last Sunday in, in your sermon how you were out up in the mountain yeah. fishing and kind of just being on God's creation and you know we joke about it and it, it was li literally a hilarious trip with all the wind and the cold but it was a mountaintop experience and I'm just thinking about that Brian I meant um for you as a leader um in you know in your household and the church and everything um you know what what's maybe 
maybe a experience you've had with God that just kind of, um, you know, I know you're talking about, you know, praying with discouragement, but I wonder how has God encouraged you kind of? Yeah, well, I think um, there, there's been a lot of things throughout the course. I, I, there's been what I would consider some miraculous things in our lives that have been definitely God's fingerprint and God's hand on that. I think even being here, to be honest, we, you know, looking at where God has brought the call church and the ministry here is uh, with staff uh, as well as the congregation, um, kind of the movement that is taking place here. I, I mean, you, you do have to step back and just look and say, God, these are these are kind of your your moments, and um, and to just kind of live in that and to experience that, and to I, I guess give God thanks for those things. It's easy to look over that stuff and and mm-hmm. kind of you know dismiss that. Wow, this is pretty amazing things that God is doing here. So um, yeah, I, I think just maybe cherishing those along the way. I know one of the things I'm not great at doing is. I know some people will put up little remembers reminders of things that have happened. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not a big photo type guy. I don't do that. I don't know why. But, you know, these moments that you can look back on and really just reflect. Compare God. selfies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but those moments, I think there's part of that, too. Right. And throughout the Bible, you see those moments of, you know, Joshua with the stones of remembrance after they had cross the river, you know, and just coming to these places where you go, wow, this God, look at what you have done, you know? So, um, so yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of those kind of mountaintop peak moments of just, God, thank you for that. And in the midst of that, there's challenges too, right? We go through the valleys and the hardships and the times, but, but to celebrate those moments that man, Lord, I'm cl- it feels close and I'm right where you want me to be. I think mm-hmm. that's, those are the places, you know, as you guys know, even through adoption, uh, you mm-hmm. know, we adopted a couple of kids and I think coming to those places where that's, that's probably been one of the most challenging journeys, uh, that I've been on. I would, I think Rachel would say the same thing, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, it has not always been an easy road. And yet in the midst of that, to feel at our core, God, we are right in the center of what you're calling us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's confidence that's built in that, you know? So, yeah. 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 I like how you shared, like you, you kind of have to cherish those mountaintop experiences, right? Yeah. However, you know, it was that got you there. Yeah. Right. But just cherishing that, I think it's important. It's almost like a, it reminds me of like a rainy day fund, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. In regards to actual finances, you know, you have a, if you're fortunate enough, you have a rainy day fund, you know, you you set it aside for when things get tough. In the same way, I think those mountaintop experiences are that rainy day fund, you know, when ministry's hard, when life is hard, you could say, oh, remember this? I'm going to take this with me right now and carry it throughout today because I need it today. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and from a ministry standpoint, I had a, one of my instructors talk about that of, Hey, keep an encouragement file. That's what he called Mm. it. That Mm. when things life gets challenging in ministry, you can pull that out. But like you said, even in life in general, it doesn't have to be a ministry thing just to remember the moments that God has shown up. And I mean, there's been so many countless things, whether it's been financial stuff that's been going on in our lives, circumstances that have been surrounding some, some details that God just shows up and does the miraculous. And it's like, I would have never expected him to work it out that way. And throughout the course of our lives, um, Rachel and I have seen that we've seen that even with our kids and even some of the circumstances with their birth and just amazing stuff that, that you just know the fingerprints of God are all over these moments and to just yep. stop. And like you said, cherish that and remember mm-hmm. that and to, to give God praise for it, that he's always there. He's, he's watching out for us as his kids. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, as we kind of wrap up here, shift gears a little bit, this, your answer can be ministry related. It can be life in general. Yeah. Um, family. I mean, you answer it how you want, but what is maybe, what are a couple of things that you're really looking forward to in the future? So I, I would say in, in thinking about ministry, um, I am really excited to see what God is orchestrating here. Um, mm-hmm. We do have some big vision for what we are hoping to see God do within the next course of you know seven to ten years here in our church environment, and um, how we believe God wants to use the call church to impact our community. Um, as well as seeing people come to faith in Jesus Christ, just getting involved here. And I, I really do believe that and have high hopes and, and great expectation that God is going to do some miraculous stuff. I think he's already doing that with developing a team here. Uh, I think he's going to bring more people in regards to that. So yeah. uh, I, I just trust that God's going to God's going to do some great stuff. I'm just kind of along for the ride right now and, and just kind of putting the seatbelt on and saying, God, I just want to be obedient to you. And you just you do your thing. And uh, 
and it's just been really awesome to watch what God has been doing already. So I think with, with our kids, uh, this might seem strange the way this is going to come across, but you know, our son graduated right now and, um, our oldest. And, uh, I think with that has come this realization that I'm getting a little older and uh, <laughs> I'm not really thrilled about that, but, I think with that and his departure out of our home, I, I think in the sense of what I'm looking forward to is just appreciation appreciation of my time with my kids more and understanding it it is short, you know, and that opportunity of watching them develop. I'm watching my daughter the other day, uh, our middle daughter, Ireland, just coming up to me and she's like, I'm getting taller and, and I'm looking at her saying, no, you're not, and realizing I think she just grew two inches like in a day, you know, it is so mm-hmm. weird and and just, I think, appreciating those moments with my family um, yeah. and uh, and watching them grow and watching them develop and enjoying uh, them. Um, because I think sometimes I, I spend too much time personally making things a lot about working towards something rather than just sitting back and enjoying it. Like, I got to impart these truths to my kids and how they're going to grow up and all this different stuff instead of just, I can just enjoy being around their presence and, and hanging out with them and and uh, just enjoy being a dad to them. So mm-hmm. um, with Rachel, I would say, you know, I, I love her. And so it's, I think, the course that God has got us on in the standpoint of just getting to know one another. I, I look forward to many more years of just fantastic marriage relationship and a, and a woman who who loves me. And, you mm-hmm. know, I joke about this, but I got a wife who loves me and two of my five kids love me. So I feel like <laughs> I'm doing all right. You know? So, so I, I feel like, you know, in the sense of what I'm looking forward to Taylor is just kind of continuing to see what God does, um, ministry wise, but Jen, just being, I think, grateful and thankful for what he has already given. Because I, I think if I, I can easily spend too much time thinking about the future of what's ahead rather than just the pausing moment of just, celebrating what I have and mm-hmm. to just stop and give that praise back to God to say, thank you. I am, mm. I have been given a lot from you and, uh, and it's good because yeah. he's good. Right. So yeah, yeah. that's mm. great. In your first, the first part of your answer in the ministry portion there, you said in the next seven to 10 years, there's yeah. some stuff that we're looking forward to as a church. What does that mean? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I think my heartbeat here is, and, and we talk about it at, at church quite a bit of connecting, growing, serving, reaching and worshiping, um, you know, and we as a board have kind of mapped out some stuff that um, we believe that God may be doing within the next couple of years here at our church. And, and there's lots of facets to that of additions of staff, you know, mm-hmm. as many of many people know that we're looking for kind of a, a, an executive or an associate pastor here. And, and, and I'll just be honest with you, our, our heartbeat really is within those next to seven to 10 years is that uh, we, we believe that God wants to use us to reach about over 3% of Amador County just at the call church. And mm. that may not be just here on this campus. That may be, who knows, God may have a start a campus in Ione or mm-hmm. River Pines or who knows, I have no idea. But, but I think obviously Growth is God's plan, and we want to be a part of reaching people for, for the name of Jesus Christ. And um, yeah. exactly how that looks, I'm not sure. I, I look forward with great anticipation of us getting even more involved in our community. We got some things coming up with like first responders and trying to minister to our fire departments and police and sheriff departments, um, which which I'm excited about. And just integrating into our schools more, uh, that we really are making a, a huge difference. That that. If um, for some crazy reason that the call church ceased to exist, that our community would go, wow, we miss those guys. They made mm-hmm. a huge difference in in what we did around here. Mm-hmm. And so there's mm-hmm. all sorts of avenues, I think, that that can take place. We, we don't want to see some conferences here coming in the near future for marriage and for parenting. I mean, some of the very things. I know you guys are in that stage of life right now of mm-hmm. kind of navigating through that. And I feel like there's a lot of parents that just go we're not hundred percent sure what we're doing. And when Rachel and I kind of started, we felt a lot of the same way of what are we doing? We were picking up books and Jaden was a real easy baby. So we <laughs> thought we were great parents until we had our second one and realized we don't have a clue what we're doing. So, um, but with that in mind, to educate our community too, from godly principles and standards. And um, so just a lot of those types of things where lives are being changed and transformed spiritually that people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ, but it's not just ending there that their lives are being formed around. What does it mean to be a follower of mm-hmm. Jesus? And now watch what, with the changes that take place because we're putting him as Lord of our lives. So yep. yeah, yeah, it's some awesome stuff coming. That's exciting news. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. And all plays a part in 
and the three parts of our heart here at the mm-hmm. call connect too you know and i i said before and i forget which episode but just because the the three things that we we believe we exist for as a podcast show to share the gospel to encourage people and to connect people it's not just with the podcast we really believe that's part of mm-hmm. why we are here as a church as the call church as mm-hmm. well so it's it's great to hear that um from the guy that's in charge in a sense that that that's the heart behind the church is yeah. is to connect people to share the gospel with more people to point people to Jesus you know yeah. mm-hmm. and through that obviously naturally comes encouragement so yeah, yeah. that's excited great. yeah me too that's, that's awesome. awesome hey if you guys enjoyed today's episode we haven't asked you to do this yet but i think it'd be fun we want to see how many people are listening to these and subscribing to these so first of all if you haven't subscribed uh it's a mistake you need to subscribe Leave us a review. Give us a rating. <laughs> uh, share on Facebook if you've if you've listened to this. Share on our Facebook wall. Tell us how much you enjoy it. Um, if you don't enjoy it, just don't share it because um, I'll take the ranges down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just take it down. <laughs> just kidding. We won't do that. No, be honest. We want it. We want some feedback. Um, we care about you guys. We love you guys as a church and as listeners. That's again. That's the whole reason we're doing this whole thing. So. Um, again, like us on Facebook if you haven't already. Follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And check out our website, www.thecallchurch.com. Go to the top right, click podcasts. All the info there is the same stuff that you're seeing and hearing here. Thank you guys for listening. We look forward to talking with you next week. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.